Section 12 of the Works of Guy de Maupassant, Volume 3, by Guy de Maupassant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. An Exotic Prince in the forthcoming reminiscences a lady will frequently be mentioned who played a great part in the annals of the police from eighteen forty eight to eighteen sixty six and we will call her wanda von chabert born in galicia of german parents and carefully brought up in every way she married a rich and handsome officer of noble birth from love when she was sixteen the young couple, however, lived beyond their means, and when her husband died suddenly, two years after they were married, she was left anything but well off. As Wanda had grown accustomed to luxury and amusement, the quiet life in her parents' house did not suit her any longer, and even while she was still in mourning for her husband, she allowed a Hungarian magnate to make love to her, and she went off with him at a venture and continued the same extravagant life which she had led when her husband was alive, at her own authority. At the end of two years, however, her lover left her in a town in North Italy, almost without means, and she was thinking of going on the stage when chance provided her with another resource, which enabled her to reassure her position in society. She became a secret police agent and soon was one of their most valuable members. In addition to the proverbial charms and wit of a Polish woman, she also possessed high linguistic attainments, and she spoke Polish, Russian, French, German, English, and Italian, almost equally fluently and correctly. Then she had also that encyclopedic polish, which impresses most people much more than the most profound learning of a specialist. She was very attractive in appearance, and she knew how to set off her good looks by all the arts of dress and coquetry. In addition to this, she was a woman of the world in the widest sense of the term, pleasure-loving, faithless, unstable, and therefore never in any danger of really losing her heart, and consequently her head. She used to change the place of her abode according to what she had to do. Sometimes she lived in Paris among the Polish immigrants in order to find out what they were doing, and maintain intimate relations with the Tuileries and the Palais Royal at the same time. Then she went to London for a short time, or hurried off to Italy, to watch the Hungarian exiles, only to appear suddenly in Switzerland or at one of the fashionable German watering places. In revolutionary circles she was looked upon as an active member of the Great League of Freedom, and diplomatists regarded her as an influential friend of Napoleon III. She knew everyone, but especially those men whose names were to be met with every day in the papers, and she reckoned Victor Emmanuel, Rohr, Gladstone, and Gortschakoff among her friends, as well as Mazzini, Kossuth, Garibaldi, Miroslavsky and Bakunin. In the spring of 1850-something, she was at Vevey on the lovely lake of Geneva and went into raptures when talking to an old German diplomatist about the beauties of nature and about Kalame, Stifter, and Turgenev, whose diary of a hunter had just become fashionable. 
one day a man appeared at the table d'hote who excited unusual attention and hers especially so that there was nothing strange in her asking the proprietor of the hotel what his name was and she was told that he was a wealthy brazilian and that his name was don escovedo whether it was an accident or whether he responded to the interest which the young woman felt for him at any rate she constantly met him wherever she went when she was taking a walk or was on the lake or was looking at the newspapers in the reading-room and at last she was obliged to confess to herself that he was the handsomest man she had ever seen tall slim and yet muscular the young beardless brazilian had a head which any woman might envy him features which were not only beautiful and noble but were also extremely delicate with dark eyes which possessed a wonderful charm and thick auburn curly hair which completed the attractiveness and the strangeness of his appearance they soon became acquainted through a prussian officer whom the brazilian had requested to introduce him to the beautiful polish lady for frau von chabert was taken for one in vevey and she cold and designing as she was blushed slightly when he stood before her for the first time and when he gave her his arm he could feel her hand tremble slightly on it the same evening they went out riding together the next he was lying at her feet and on the third she was his for four weeks the lovely wanda and the brazilian lived together as if they had been in paradise but he could not deceive her searching eyes any longer for her sharp and practised gaze had already discovered in him that indefinable something which makes a man appear a suspicious character any other woman would have been pained and horrified at such a discovery but she found the strange consolation in it that her handsome adorer had promised also to become a very interesting object for her pursuit and so she began systematically to watch the man who lay unsuspectingly at her feet she soon found out that he was no conspirator but she asked herself in vain whether she was to look for a common swindler an impudent adventurer or perhaps even a criminal in him the day that she had foreseen soon came the brazilian's banker unaccountably had omitted to send him any money and so he borrowed some of her so is he a male courtesan she said to herself and the handsome man soon required money again and she lent it to him until at last he left suddenly and nobody knew where he had gone to only this much that he had left vevey as the companion of an old but wealthy wallachian lady and so this time clever wanda was duped a year afterwards she met the brazilian unexpectedly at lucca with an insipid-looking light-haired thin englishwoman on his arm wanda stood still and looked at him steadily but he glanced at her quite indifferently he did not choose to know her again the next morning however his valet brought her a letter from him which contained the amount of his debt in italian hundred lira notes which were accompanied by a very cool excuse wanda was satisfied but she wished to find out who the lady was in whose company she constantly saw don escovedo don escovedo an austrian count who had a loud and silly laugh said who has saddled you with that yarn the lady is lady nightingsdale and his name is romanesco romanesco 
Yes, he is a rich boyar from Moldavia, where he has extensive estates. Romanesco kept a faro bank in his apartments, and he certainly cheated, for he nearly always won. It was not long, therefore, before other people in good society at Lucca shared Madame von Chabert's suspicions, and consequently Romanesco thought it advisable to vanish as suddenly from Lucca as Escovedo had done from Vevey, and without leaving any more traces behind him. Sometime afterwards, Madame von Chabert was on the island of Heligoland for the sea-bathing, and one day she saw Escovedo Romanesco sitting opposite to her at the table d'hôte in very animated conversation with a Russian lady. Only his hair had turned black since she had seen him last. Evidently his light hair had become too compromising for him. The seawater seems to have a very remarkable effect upon your hair, Wanda said to him spitefully in a whisper. Do you think so? he replied condescendingly i fancy that at one time your hair was fair you are mistaking me for somebody else the brazilian replied quietly i am not for whom do you take me pray he said with an insolent smile for don escovedo i am count dimbiski from valkinia the former brazilian said with a bow Perhaps you would like to see my passport. Well, perhaps. And at last he had the impudence to show her his false passport. A year afterwards, Wanda met Count Dimbiski in Baden, near Vienna. His hair was still black, but he had a magnificent full black beard. He had become a Greek prince, and his name was Anastasio Mauro Cordatos. She met him once in one of the sidewalks in the park, where he could not avoid her. "'If it goes on like this,' she called out to him in a mocking voice, "'the next time I see you, you will be king of some negro tribe or other.' That time, however, the Brazilian did not deny his identity. On the contrary, he surrendered at discretion, and implored her not to betray him, and as she was not revengeful, she pardoned him, after enjoying his terror for a time, and promised him that she would hold her tongue as long as he did nothing contrary to the laws. First of all, I must beg you not to gamble. You have only to command, and we do not know each other in the future. I must certainly insist on that, she said maliciously. The exotic prince had, however, made the conquest of the charming daughter of a wealthy Austrian count, and had cut out an excellent young officer who was wooing her. And he, in his despair, began to make love to Frau von Chabert, and at last told her he loved her. But she only laughed at him. Y you are very cruel, he stammered in confusion. I? What are you thinking about? Wanda replied, still smiling. All I mean is that you have directed your love to the wrong address. For Countess, do not speak of her. She is engaged to another man. As long as I choose to permit it, she said. But what will you do if I bring her back to your arms? Will you still call me cruel? Can you do this? The young officer asked in great excitement. 
Well, supposing I can do it, what shall I be then? An angel whom I shall thank on my knees. A few days later the rivals met at a coffee-house. The Greek prince began to lie and boast, and the Austrian officer gave him the lie direct, and in consequence it was arranged that they should fight a duel with pistols next morning in a wood close to Baden. But as the officer was leaving the house with his second the next morning, a police commissary came up to him and begged him not to trouble himself any further about the matter, but another time to be more careful before accepting a challenge. "'What does it mean?' the officer asked in some surprise. "'It means that this Mauro Cordatos is a dangerous swindler, an adventurer, whom we have just taken into custody. He is not a prince?' No, a circus rider. An hour later, the officer received a letter from the charming countess in which she humbly begged for pardon. The happy lover set off to go and see her immediately. But on the way, a sudden thought struck him. And so he turned back in order to thank beautiful Wanda, as he had promised, on his knees. End of section 12 Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.